Whistleblower Report, exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America, and we are here with the medical report, but also bringing in elements of freedom and faith as we look at the staggering topic of government agencies complicit in criminally negligent homicide. And it's difficult to wrap your mind around all that we're going to be talking about today, but America, pay attention. This is your life at stake. And with me today is a senior FAA investigator who has over 55 years in aviation, including beginning with his military career as a combat pilot in Vietnam, 32 years of military service, 12 years in general aviation flying with more than 40 different light aircraft, nine years of international flag air carrier operations, both in scheduled passenger and freight carriers. And he is now in his 22nd year as an FAA, Federal Aviation Administration, inspector and investigator serving public safety and particularly in the area of flight standards. He has a master's in public administration from George Washington and is a graduate of one of the most prestigious schools in the military, the War College. One of the most critical strategic thinkers that we could have bringing these issues to the public. And he has, is going to tell you about the case that he has filed to ensure that our government agencies that have a duty to protect the public, Department of Transportation, Department of Defense, the FAA, are held accountable for what now clearly is evidence of criminally negligent homicide. Let that sink in. And this is a warning to all of you. And we need all of you in the public to stand with us and demand that these filings for these cases, which are public record and the public is entitled to to see these filings and letters and the exhibits, 
start writing to the Department of Transportation, the FAA, and demanding that these be released so that the public can understand what is being covered up and the enormity of what is going on that affects the safety of all of us who use commercial aircraft and those on the ground who could be harmed in the horrific scenario of an airline crash. America Today's show is, is just urgently important. And the other aspect that makes this a meaningful time with Bruce McRae is that he is a man of deep faith who listens to the call of Jesus, who is guided by the Holy Spirit and has believed in Christ as his savior since 1966. He is working in exposing this criminally negligent homicide situation that is happening behind closed doors because he is working to serve the master in standing against this greatest battle of the forces of good and evil and medical crisis in our history. It is the worst attempted genocide on mankind in all of known history. This is a Holocaust against all of humanity that has been unleashed on us. And it is those of us that God is calling to be his watchman on the wall that are bringing these warnings to the people. We don't control the outcome. The outcome is clearly in the Lord's hands, but we are called to answer when he asks us to stand and warn the people. And it is my honor and privilege to introduce Bruce McRae and thank him for his service to our country in the military and his continued service to God, country, and family and serving the highest standards of concern for others. Thank you so much for being with us today, Bruce, it really is my honor to have you on the show. Well, Dr. Lee, it's equally mine. And, um, and I'm humbled too, because I know the incredible background that God has led you through in your part of the medical uh, <clears throat> portion of this, which is maybe the first part of the spear that has started to drive a wake-up call into the nation. Um, before I start, I want to give kind of a disclaimer that I really need to do. Uh, related to the fact that I'm still working in the uh, federal workplace. And I'm speaking strictly tonight as a private citizen, <clears throat> off-duty, under the protection of having complied with the Whistleblower Acts of 89 and 2012. Uh, I'm also under an advisement of my legal counsel. Hmm. I have been uh, greatly assisted by Todd Callender's expert team with Cotswold Group, and I've also properly filed with uh, officials at the Federal Aviation Administration and with the Office of Inspector General at Department of Transportation. And by the grace of God, I'm also covered by additional whistleblower protection from Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin and his great team. <clears throat> the factors and conclusions are my own arrived at from my educational, educational, professional, and personal experience with military aviation also with general aviation, 
training and operations. Uh, this experience also includes international flag air carrier, as Dr. Lee mentioned earlier, plus years of commercial operations. My initial filing to FAA was with flight standards July 18, 2022. Then I went to DOT IG after going through the federal flight surgeon on July 26. It arrived at the DOT desk on July 29. The case filing, the public record uh, reference that you can use to get a copy of that 105 page document is MA, like Mike Apple, 220823 06 SARS COVID 19. Again, that's MA220823 06 06, I should say, SARS 2 slant COVID 19. To give you a little bit of an overview, my first filing of 105 pages. The, the clear conclusion is that we have irrefutable evidence of the dangers of the shots, the injuries and deaths that are occurring among us, all from public record. Nothing that I have and have submitted is not available in the public record. And this, the second filing, which I was um, prompted to do in early February of this year, uh, is the addendum that identifies what we titled tonight's presentation with. It is clear the federal government, probably all the agencies, are indirectly or directly involved in co complicit criminal negligent homicide. My first filing centers completely around 10 months of the defense um, medical epidemiology database data which is a pure isolated database that only covers members of DOT. There are no other mixed cultural groups. So if you change the vitamins of everybody in the Defense Department, you can see any effects of that in the, uh, indirectly in the, in the DMED database. And between 2016 and 2020, the average number of cases per year with a static population, we've basically been static in the defense numbers all the way up through about 2022. So in a normal year, there'd be 2.1 to 2.2 million medical cases. So if, if our kids went in for a shock, that's a case. If I went in for a sore tooth, if we had a birth in the family, if we had a death in the family, if we had somebody with cancer, all those cases get added up into a total, which came to 2.1 to 2.2 million in those years. In 2021, the big change was they introduced and they started forcefully implementing the shot in January. So from 2.1 to 2.2 million cases per year in 10 months, just through October of 21, the caseload goes up 20 million cases to a total of 22 million cases. The medical uh, injuries, diseases, and, and neurological, all this, these kind of things going on in the military went up 1,100% in the static population in 10 months of 2021. Think about that. You and know, this a, truly is staggering, um, Bruce. And yeah. one of the statistics that was, I just was so shocked to hear 
from Edward Dowd from the insurance actuarial data that actually parallels the magnitude that you're describing. When, when Edward Dowd, a former BlackRock portfolio investment manager, was working with the data analyst from a number of large insurance carriers, what they found was that in the nine months following the shots, the COVID shot rollout, there were 61,000 deaths in the 18 to 44 year old age group, the healthy yes. young working population. Yes. And that is 3,000 more Americans that died in that age range in nine months in 2021 than we had die in 10 years of the Vietnam War in that yes. same age group. Yep. So Edward Dowd made the analogy that we, this generation had a Vietnam War in nine months. Yes. Yes. It, it fits with what you're saying. And, and yeah. this is still censored in the media. Yes, it is. And in fact, um, uh, Dowd's graphing on the deaths uh, from ages 15 to 44, just in that time period, in the, in the lead up to it. So you get a background of what, what used to be the statistical average. Uh, that is one of the pieces of uh, evidence in my second in the addendum that shows that we are in the middle of a genocide at, at the level of, of legally speaking, at least criminally negligent homicide. Because they knew of this damage. I mean, Dr. Eden and I've worked closely together since I learned of him in late 2020. Dr. Mike Eden, Pfizer, former chief scientist worldwide and yes. vice president. Yes. And we have worked closely together and he brought out information in the fall of 2020 that was pharmaceutical research going back 15 years that shows they knew clearly these damages would occur with this mRNA technology. Yes. Yes, in fact, published in October of 2020, internally among these pe people were some of the worst of the adverse events because the subcontractors that were doing the testing, the, the limited testing, were having such disasters medically that they, they finally, I think it was FDA, it might have been Pfizer in conjunction with FDA, but they identified Guillain-Barre syndrome, acute disseminated encephalomitis, uh, transverse myelitis, encephalitis, myelitis, encephalitis, meningitis, um, a, a hard name menotype, convulsive seizures, seizures, strokes, narcolepsy, cataloplexy, anaphylaxis, acute myocardial infarction. This brings me back to the DMED data. So Senator Johnson immediately started querying the Defense Department who immediately took all data regarding myocarditis and subclinical myocarditis off the DMED uh, database. And then they perverted the rest of the database saying, oh, we just had a glitch. Well, uh, let's go to the funeral homes in Louisa County. I'm sorry, Louisa, um, Kentucky in Lawrence County. 
where two years ago, and one of our pastors, our, one of our family pastors said they had more funerals that summer than any time they could remember in the entire history of Kentucky. Well, that's been happening globally. Yes. They, and we're also, when you talk about the worst genocide, we are looking at the deaths of living people now. So you have higher death rate among, particularly among the younger, healthy working population that yes. should not be, normally would not be dying in such high numbers. And then across all of the highly vaccinated countries, we are also seeing a precipitous drop in the live birth rate. So yes. the, it, it's on the order in Europe and dealing with our European experts, 20, 10 to 20% drop in the live births from the standard norms that were happening prior to the COVID shots. That's catastrophic. If, yeah. you're, if you are dropping live births 10 to 20% and you're increasing the death rates, you, it really is a genocide. And there's no other way that a normally intelligent person can look at it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the top military doctors I'm working with had a young woman recently, this is in the military, who had gotten two shots, I think a year ago or so. And she was pregnant twice in the last year. And both babies died of heart attacks in the womb. And that is related to the fact for the listeners to understand never in the history of our worldwide vaccination program have we had a technology, mRNA, lipid nanoparticle coated mRNA, that could cross the placental barrier and damage the developing baby. Never yes. have any vaccines been able to do that. Never have any vaccines in the past, traditional vaccines, been able to cross the blood-brain barrier and cause direct inflammatory damage and micro blood clotting in the brain and central nervous system. Yeah. That's why you're seeing so many cognitively damaged people and people who are volatile and have dysregulation of mood and sleep and cognitive function, emotionally very volatile. And we're seeing all kinds of neurobehavioral changes along with evidence of cognitive impairment, difficulty thinking, and difficulty processing new information. And Colonel Long has talked about that with military service members that have had enough cognitive impairment that they can't continue their flight training. Yes, yes, that's absolutely true. Um, but another side to that, uh, and this is one young soldier who had finally reached his huge goal in special ops, and I need to keep it generic enough uh, for the purposes of the discussion here, but his uh, flight surgeon that he saw finally diagnosed him with five variations of major neurological damage to him and it included parkinson's parkinson's which i think was the chief symptom uh, presenting at the time 
And he was elated to find out that he had Parkinson's. When the doctor asked him, why are you so elated? He said, I've been to seven army neurologists who all told me it's mental. There's nothing wrong with me. Now, what flies in the face of this right now is Congresswoman Nancy Mace down in South Carolina, who has uncontrollable convulsions in her right arm and hand from two shots. Uh, you can't deny this any longer, folks. It is it, it, it's exploding everywhere. Uh, some of the evidence that's been delivered to some of us in the military is when you look at uh, the airlines, uh, the first one, Delta Airlines, has had a voluntary disability fund throughout their history, never had a financial problem uh, till 21 and 22. It's in deficit. The, uh, the, the number of injured pilots has skyrocketed there. American Airlines, their union recently released, they've had a 300% increase in disability filings the last year. And Southwest Airlines, who averaged in most of their history about 160 to 170 sick pilots out per month, is now averaging somewhere between 470 and 480 pilots out sick every month. These pilots know they're damaged. They're walking, carrying the damages, trying to nurse their medicals along because they're afraid of their family not getting supported, of them losing their medicals and them being per permanently physically disabled and this is all due to the shots. Well, it, it is. And one of the things that is so tragic is that the pilots are not even getting the screening and the treatment that could help prevent permanent damage. I mean, I, Bruce, I'm doing monitoring with inflammatory markers of inflammation, micro blood clotting, and immune system dysregulation, in my own medical patients, we can pick up signs of damage early and get these people properly treated. Yes. And that is not happening with the pilots. And it is just outrageous that the FAA and the, the medical department that normally screens pilots is not recommending the proper testing to pick up the micro blood clotting that could be prevented early and prevent heart attacks and strokes and permanent damage or death. Yeah. yeah. Well, contributing to this is the record of complete untrustworthiness in the news and within federal agencies. And I wanna give a really poignant illustration of this within the FAA that occurred October 3rd, 2021. At that, on that day, almost all of Jacksonville Center walked out of the building and they had a few supervisors who tried to manage the screens and flights got canceled all over Florida. Southwest Airlines was extremely disrupted. Uh, and the FAA said it was bad weather. Immediately announced bad weather, no problems. Well, first of all, this is how ignorant the government is. They don't figure on 100 million people immediately looking at their cell phones at the weather in Florida, which was clear in a million. No weather anywhere in the state. And then the Jacksonville newspapers picked up on it the next week and made it very clear. 
that the, that the controllers had all walked out in protest to the shots and what a mess that we had. And this is what your federal agencies are doing. They're trying to sweep everything under the carpet. And that's, they are lying to the public when they are paid by the public to protect the public safety. Yes, yes, yeah. That goes then, to your point of criminally negligent homicide. Yes, it does. And in my case, I'm what's called an FG 1825. So I renewed my public oath to support and defend the Constitution, which which you do for your whole lifetime, which you've been sworn in the military anyway, but re-sworn to that, but more importantly, sworn to uphold public safety. And part of that is, is when I see any danger to the public related to aviation, any danger related to FAA employees, I am bound contractually and I'm bound by my oath that I have any, if I have a reasonable belief of eminent danger, I am to make it very public. And that's why my first filing got filed. And the last straw in that whole thing was on March 24th of last year, 22, the Secretary of Transportation's office made this great announcement on a, a town hall that was the whole DOT that life is good. We're all going to get four shots now. And we're just going to go trucking along. And I had all 85 pages other than the one screenshot of that town hall that I included. All 85 pages of the deaths and damages and and, and, and explosion of health problems all throughout the United States. Uh, all that I had collected. They had all the public source material at that time to say, no more shots. We must begin immediate medical investigation. So as of July 29, they had the word. And in, the, in, in a national emergency like this, the FAA and DOT have five days to act. About and they have not. After, about 31 days after I filed, doctor, I got a non-answer back from DOT that basically said insufficient information to warrant our time and assets to investigate. That is just appalling, and it is so deadly and dangerous for the flying public. Chris, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. And I want to hear more about all of this and what the FAA is not doing. I'd like you also to talk a little bit more about the normal safety standards that are being violated and the normal medical standards that are being violated but we'll do that in the second half. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report medical update on the government's complicity in criminally negligent homicide affecting all of us with covering up the damage from the COVID shots. We'll be right back after the break. Check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org, where we have a lot of information to help you if you've gotten the COVID shot and you've had complications and your health is declining, look at our vaccine injury treatment guide, file a citizen's vaccine injury report, and we will help guide you to legal and medical resources when our government is failing to protect the public. We will be right back. 
Welcome to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America with shocking revelations from our FAA federally protected whistleblower. And he is a senior investigator in flight safety and certified and sworn FAA investigator with over 22 years as an FAA inspector and investigator. And before that, a gentleman who had a total of 55 years in aviation, including his 32 years in the military service as a combat pilot beginning in Vietnam and years in general aviation and nine years of international flag air carrier operations. So all the way around, you could not have a more highly credentialed expert to speak to the devastating damage in our aviation industry as a result of the mandating of these experimental gene therapy COVID shots that all of us under the Nuremberg Code had a right to refuse and employers forced the shots in order for people to keep their jobs. A total violation of our constitution and the Nuremberg Code. Bruce, thank you for joining us today. And just again, thank you for your incredible service to this country, both in the military and as an FAA servant of the public to help protect public safety. So let's go on with this horrific story that you are bringing to the court of public opinion, as well as your legal filings in the court of law. Uh, thank you, Dr. Lee. I, uh, you mentioned the, the redefinition of standards in uh, the FAA for, for medical requirements. I would like to address a couple more things, first of all, on the, the dangers of the shots before we get to that. One of the things that's happened since the initial filing, and the initial filing, you can kind of look at it like the evidence is beyond a reasonable doubt that these shots are dangerous, that they're causing death, they're causing permanent health damage, permanent, permanent diseases, and on and on and on it goes. And part of the difficulties is uh, related to all of this. If you analyze the lot numbers, which Somebody in the CDC snuck out the Centers for Disease Control, snuck out so that people could, could start looking at the lot numbers and damages associated with lot numbers. Some lot numbers apparently are just placebos. They have nothing in them. Some have varying levels of poisons and other parts of the metallic substances and other parasites and things that they've injected into all of this so that you have a landscape of unrecognizable damage going on medically to people and not necessarily a clear pathway to where is the whole root of this. And that's one of the things that's made it so difficult to sort this out along with captured media that lies about everything and is censoring everything they possibly can. In the middle of this, in January of this year, on the public FAA medical website. January 23rd is when I downloaded this of this year. 
And here was the statement. Holders of, hang on a minute. Holders of FAA medical certificates or medical clearances may receive the Pfizer BioNTech, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, Janssen, and or Novavax COVID-19 vaccines. However, a 48-hour no-fly, no-safety-related duty interval must be observed after each dose. This policy is applicable to both the initial vaccine doses and booster shots. And here is where they buried themselves. They slipped in this very alarming follow-on statement on this posting. Individuals holding an FAA-issued Airman Medical Certificate or medical clearance are reminded that they are prohibited from performing flight crew member duties or air traffic control duties if they do not meet medical certification requirements, including those related to adverse events from medications that render them unable to perform such duties. Up until this time, I know of no instant, inst, inst, instance, and I went through both the 2022 AME guide and the 2021, uh, excuse me, Aeronautical Medical Examiner guide. And the only thing they referred to regarding medical treatments that go awry is adverse effects. So after it, just signing up and saying, everything's good to go, get all of them together, whatever you want to watch, just wait, wait 48 hours, they mention adverse events for the first time. Doctor, when did adverse events become a phrase? It was when COVID started, remember? And we are under the effects of all of that. And the fact of the matter is, without knowing what they did, the FAA admitted they know there's massive damages going on here because now they have to address adverse events. Well, that's exactly right. And But yeah. I want you to bring up something else because the FAA throughout my medical career has had a policy and it may be as strong as a regulation, you can clarify that, that pilots were not allowed to be given a newly FDA approved medication yes. until it had been on the market for at least 12 months and post marketing safety surveillance could be done. Yes. Well, you're anticipating my next statement. And, and the, the exact quote on that is this, at least one year of post-marketing experience with a new drug uh, is mandatory before consideration for air medical certification purposes. After that year is done and any unanticipated adverse effects are weeded out, then it goes out to the Civil Aeromedical Medical Institute, and then they have to analyze it under flight conditions like high altitude, lengthy sitting at cruise. Pilots in general in aviation are 60% more prone to blood, blood clots than the rest of the population without adding anything else in, all right? Now, to contrast the way they've handled these shots and the way they handle normal medical uh, uh, pills, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, 
Here's what they did in the case of a diet pill, a diet pill. For aviation safety, airmen should not fly following the last dose of any of the medications below, which are various diet pills, until a period of time has elapsed equal to five times the maximum pharm pharma pharmacologic half-life of the medication or five times the maximum hour dose interval if pharmacological half-life uh, is not available. For example, there is a 30-hour wait time for medication that is taken every four to six hours, five times six. Now, this is done after excess, excessive, extensive testing out of the CAMI group in Oklahoma City. One day after these shots were mandated, the FAA announced, oh, we've looked at the data and the shots are good to go. So no medical evaluation whatsoever done by the FAA, none that they can produce to date. And they said, everything's good to go. And now you we know, see the genocide that's followed. I just don't understand how these people can even live with themselves and their conscience when they are so flagrantly violating all of these standards. And the damage from the shots was known long before the shots even rolled out and it was covered up. And yes. We know that you, and when you said, I didn't realize the figure was 60% more prone to blood clots than the general population. I knew they had a higher risk because prolonged sitting, high altitude, the altitude changes, pressure changes, and the fact that cabin air is drier and it's lower oxygen concentration because of the altitude pressurization yes. in the cabin. And I, I knew that pilots were at higher risk, but I didn't realize it was already 60% higher. And then you look at the blood clotting that the COVID shots are causing. I just don't even see how the FAA regulators can live with themselves knowing what they've done to these people. Well, you know, a part of this doctor is, and I think probably most of the world is recognizing this, although our media is trying desperately not to even think this is a possibility. There's a terrible evil within the federal government infecting all the agencies right now. Yes. Everywhere. And you get outside of Washington, D.C., and there are a lot of really good servants of the public in a lot, a lot of the agencies. Um, and of course, just like any workforce, there's always some people that are not great contributors. But the point being, there is something so sick and so evil in Washington, D.C. that's pervading all of this. And you can see this everywhere in this administration right now. And that's part of the problem with all of this. But there's another aspect of this, and this goes to, and thanks to Senator Johnson for a very hard-hitting letter with eight, eight very pointed questions to the federal flight surgeon, Dr. Northrup, in January. And I'd like you to provide a link for our listeners to be able to see that in the show notes. So if you'll provide a link, I'll get it into the write-up so people can go and read his letter for themselves. Okay. Um, I'll give you what I have. And uh, I may have to check with some of the folks that 
that provide me some of the uh, the links. I'm not sure I have got the whole letter available right now, but I've got a, a really good summary of the, of the issues. And the, and, the, and the point is this, if you look on the FAA medical website at what the chief responsibility of the federal flight surgeon it is, is it, it boils down to this. The federal flight surgeon is to protect all of aviation medically, which is why much extra testing is required, which is why a year on the market of everything and, and checking all the unanticipated problems is necessary before CAMI starts to do testing for flight efficacy. And in the case of the shots, her answer to Senator Johnson's, Johnson was that the shots are not the FAA's responsibility. It's up to the CDC to take care of the problems with the shots. So our chief flight surgeon ab abdicated all the responsibility for medical protection of aviation in the case of these shots. And yet the FAA has always had medical requirements and the FAA sets the standards for the medical examiners who are FAA certified. So yes. for the FAA flight surgeon to make such a stupid and irresponsible statement as the FAA isn't responsible for these experimental shots is absolutely, it, it defies common sense and it's ludicrous and dangerous for that person to make such an outrageous statement. Well, in, in some assessments of it, you could almost call it um, demonic, demonically completely illogical and just nonsense. Absolute I would agree nonsense. with that. I would agree with that. It's as if some demonic force has overtaken these people in charge and they are blinded to the truth and blinded to the evil they're unleashing. Yeah. I, I, how long can you watch this madness go on and not to start to think these, these people are beyond lunatics? Um, I'd like to read one more thing. And this was in both filings. And it is really to the point in, in line with what you're bringing up right now. Part of the greatest difficulty in arriving at these conclusions is that all of these dangers were completely avoidable by simply following the law as it is and was written in relationship to flight safety, flight safety standards. Every proper safety standard is already in place to ensure the suitability of experimental medications, therapies, and drugs to flight operations. I cannot avoid the conclusion in light of all the foregoing facts that criminal behavior, corruption, and or gross or willful incompetency within our federal agencies is largely to blame for our current circumstances. The use of threats, coercion, trickery, and falsehoods to convince people to take experimental injections without obtaining their quote, this is a legal phrase, informed consent, are actions deemed so repugnant to established human rights that our government agreed to characterize this behavior as crimes against humanity. These are capital offenses 
pursuant to international and federal law. It is now evident that we are in the midst of a real public health disaster caused by the foregoing illegal acts of those people who are and were tasked with protecting both public safety and national security. That is a powerful statement. Absolutely unequivocally true in my opinion from all that I've been seeing in the data as well as in my own medical patients. Yes. Well, and in my own conscience, doctor, this is uh, the final uh, brief statement I make before my signature area of the original filing. With the evidence I have gathered, if I were not to speak out, I would be in violation of the same laws established in our country to comply with the Nuremberg Codes. My failure to stand up on the clear danger now to the national airspace system and imminent danger to the flying public and FAA employees with the evidence I possess of the COVID-19 dangers would make me complicit in any major air disaster caused by the COVID-19 crisis. Well, you and know, that's, know that's exactly right. And yeah. as a man of faith, and as a physician of faith, we answer to God. And the Bible is very clear that we are to speak against evil. Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. And God is going to yeah. hold us accountable. Well, and from that, I would make a plea to every federal worker everywhere in the United States to deluge all those above us with demands that everything to do with any recommended shots by the CDC that has to do with any of the pharmaceutical companies that have been coming out in the last few years be stopped immediately. We must pre prevent any CDC recommended shots this fall be given to the children. Every kind of vaccine that's out there, that's, that's on the shelves currently, Samples need to be impounded. They need to be gone through, carefully analyzed for any of these poisons that we have 1,291 of them listed by Pfizer in the documents they tried to keep from coming out in the public for 75 years. All you have to do is look at that one listing of the 1,291 issues associated with all this, and you've got all the answers you need. We have got to wake up. We've got to stand up as a people. If we do, there's only a few thousand really, really evil individuals that are pushing all of this. Uh, they'll run for cover. They'll be running so fast. You want to be out of the way or they'll run you over. Well, I, I think you are correct. And I'm going to share those powerful statements that you just gave our audience in the, I'm gonna share that in the show write-up so that people can go back and read exactly what you've just said. That really is a warning to all of us and everyone listening needs to stand against this evil, write your elected representatives and speak out, yes. demand, to see the filings, demand to see the data, and demand a halt 
to these. We started the Stop the Shot campaign was led by Truth for Health Foundation as one of the first groups to really come out other than Children's Health Defense in August 2021, beginning August 4th, we started holding press conferences for Stop the Shot due to all the damage. And that was before the data had become so catastrophically bad. And yes. we knew it was coming. Yes. Uh, how much time do we have left, Doctor? We have about um, six or seven minutes left in the show. So what are the most important points you'd like our listeners to know before we wrap up today? And we'll have you back. I yes, want to get, I, I would get, love to come back. get you to talk more about what the public can do to demand air safety standards be upheld and demand accountability. And I'd like to have yes. you join us for a faith report as well, because I think you have a lot to say on all of that and turning back to God in the face of such an assault of evil. Uh, yes, absolutely. I, and I, I'll be glad to come back when, when we can work that out. Just to let people know, all of my filings are also available on vaxchoice.com, V-A-X-C-H-O-I-C-E.com. And I want to walk through a little exercise here. So in my addendum, which really focuses in on the criminal negligent homicide that we are under uh, the deluge of right now, one of the, one of the exhibits shows we're in a 17,000% explosion of cancer this year, okay? So take out a piece of paper, please. Take a pencil or pen. 17,000% explosion of cancer. Who in your family or who do you know that is in the midst of sudden, aggressive, uncontrollable cancer? 17,000%, there is none of us not touched by it. In fact, I'll stay within the FAA and one of my close colleagues that I've known the longest. For some reason, ended up taking two shots a year ago and recently went through cancer surgery in one of the biggest hospitals in the United States. The second one now is heart attack, subclinical myocarditis, rearing its head and killing you. I have another colleague that I've worked closely with for many years whose extended family member uh, at the age where you'd start maybe having grandchildren healthy his entire life, entire life, never, never a sick day. Got one shot on a Friday, came home that night, went to sleep and never woke up again. Who do you know that you are burying that has had a heart attack come up unexplainedly and, and the doctors are calling it sudden death. And you know they've had two or more shots in the last year. So that's the second. The third, blood clots. We all know somebody who's taken two or more of the shots having blood clots. I can name people I know who have started coming up to me. I've had many come up to me now and describe instant high blood pressure problems after one shot. Uh, heart arrhythmias, all kinds of problems and cognitive problems 
related to all of this because some people are at a point where they're tired of this and they want to start speaking about it. So heart attack, blood clot, write down the names of those two. And the last one is neurological damages. And I'll just give you Nancy Mace of South Carolina. Write that down. Contact her office. Ask what she is saying about her personal damages she knows were caused by the shots. So we don't have excuses anymore to say, oh, this is a nothing burger. There's another group of uh, letter templates that you'll find on the Pete Santilli show. Doctor, I'll try to get those back to you. Those are samples that his team has put together of writing to a military commander or writing to a federal employer or writing to anybody in industry in any field uh, to employers that you're working for. But there's also a listing of a lot of FAA addresses that they put out asking for people to start deluging these FAA offices with your own personal recollections of people you know damaged, or if you're willing to talk about your own damages, we have got the flood everywhere with this stuff. And I guarantee at some point, the rats will start running for cover. Well, we need to also hold them accountable, not just let them run for cover. Yes. So Yes, I, and that, that, that'll be the next part. We've got to somehow somehow see that it, it, that's going to take the Lord's help to pull that together as well. Absolutely. And one of the things I want our listeners to remind you about, you can go on truthforhealth.org, click on the scrolling banner at the top, file a citizen's vaccine injury report, because we are collecting those reports. And with your permission, we can share your injury with attorneys who are willing to stand up and help seek legal redress. So one of the things that we want to do is to collect more reports of the actual vaccine injury and get this information into the hands of attorneys who can help the accountability efforts in the court of law. So Bruce, I I just thank you. I mean, there's no way to thank you for the courage and faith and the persistence and dedication to public safety that you've shown in diligently working on all of these filings. And to my esteemed colleague, Todd Callender, we've worked closely together for a couple of years trying to get legal help, combining our medical and legal backgrounds to get people help all of us working together to try and get accountability for this devastating damage. Thank you for being with us today. And we will definitely have you back. This is Dr. Lee for America closing today's whistleblower report. Please America take this seriously. Stand with us against this evil assault on God's gift of life. Go to truthforhealth.org. Sign up for our email alerts, join our Faith Over Fear seminars, share our whistleblower reports, and together we will restore the rule of law and protect God's gift of life and his gift of our freedom. We'll be back again tomorrow. This is Dr. Lee for America. Thank you.
for joining us.